You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. <laughs> Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here with co-host Cody Owen. Um, yes. Not to be confused with any other Cody's and our special guest, Mike Baum of Broadner Equipment. Uh, Broadner Equipment is located in upstate New York. Actually, specifically Rochester uh, is where it found its humble beginnings. Uh, actually, where I started my lawn care company and actually started buying uh, my first pieces of equipment. Um, so Mike and I go way back uh, as well as um, the family before Mike actually was in the business. But uh, a little background on Broadner Equipment before I open it up, like Mike, uh, tell the story there. Uh, fourth generation, 60 years in the uh, equipment business and the top Xmark dealer in all of New York State for several years now. So just really excited to bring it back to um, the home roots and, uh, you know, get Mike on here to go over uh, all things equipment and things we should be talking about when we're going out to make a new purchase decision and, and things before that as well. So, Mike, obviously, um, first time in the SA Weekly talk show. If you don't mind just uh, giving us a quick background of, you know, how you got into becoming a dealer, um, some of the things you guys provide, and uh, we'll kind of dive in and uh, ask People may ask some questions live here or in the recorded version, but uh, floor is yours, brother. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, glad to see you doing so well, Mike. Like you said, uh, been a longtime customer of ours, and we've been around 60 years. It's uh, something my father um, took over the reins from uh, my great-grandfather, Mike, who I'm named after. Uh, started as a hardware store and kind of grew from there with uh, real mowers and sharpening the old, old uh old machines to what we have today. Now we're selling 96 inch commercial zero turns and um, we've really come a long way. Um, it's It's been great. It's a family business. Uh, we've got 19 employees, uh, 12 of us are family um, and it's uh, it's really enjoyable. It's The industry uh, is always changing. There's something new every day um, and it's, it's great to be a part of. Uh, I got back into the business about 10 years ago um, I've been traveling all over the country and doing some, doing my own thing and, uh, found my way back and found a niche and found something I really like. And, uh, it's enjoyable for everybody. Awesome. I appreciate kind of giving some background on that. Uh, one of the things I think when we first go out and start a business is, um, especially whether we're in business or actually we're new to business, like how do we go out and actually find a dealer? And I know, um, my dad actually, it, it started a relationship with you guys and we had a old mower kind of sitting in the garage for a few years. And, uh, if no one's heard, heard the story, literally, um, I, my parents made me pay for my car insurance. So a few years before I turned 16, I, I walked around, knocked on some doors and got some accounts. And, uh, I was walking around with a, a ransom bobcat mower. Uh, with the, the weed whacker from Sears and Home Depot strapped to it and the blower. And uh, eventually I knew I wanted a mower that I could you know cut more grass with. So eventually I saved up and I literally walked into Broadner for the first time uh, with three grand cash in my hands and bought a belt-driven Xmark mower from, from them. And from the rest, it's been history. So literally 23, 24 years we've been working with you guys. Um, I, it was kind of a a leap of faith that I didn't know. I just walked in because that's where my dad had gone to get the lawnmower blade sharpened in that when I was a kid. But uh, if we're going in as a business owner, Mike, what what kind of uh, expertise would you lend and talk about of uh, going in and choosing the right dealer um, in your local or maybe outside your local area for sure? Well, a lot of it is referrals and word of mouth. That does help. Um, but in the industry, it, it gets different. You need to find somebody, one that's been around and, and knows the equipment. Um, you find a, a new place or if you find something online, they don't necessarily know the equipment and know what they're selling. They're just looking for the dollar and, and to move equipment. You need somebody that is passionate about the equipment they sell 
and is knowledgeable about the equipment they sell. Um, I can sit here and sell yeah, any zero turn lawnmower and say, yeah, go ahead and cut with it. And if the machine's going to break down in a month, it's not the right equipment for you. So you really need to make sure that the person you're talking to is knowledgeable. If you're just starting a business, you don't need to go out and buy a $20,000 zero turn. Like you said, you started with a $3,000 belt drive walk by. Um, a lot of guys should get that start that way because as you know, not all lawns can take a 60 inch or a 72 inch commercial zero turn. You got to get into those 36 inch gates. You got to get into the backyards. And if you're walking to a place that's just telling you, nope, got to get a 60 inch. Everybody uses them. This is what you do. You're not going to be successful. And, and that dealer is not going to be around for a long time either. Um, the independent dealers is really kind of going away and it's all becoming bigger dealerships as you go. I mean, you can see people are getting swallowed up and bought up. And if they don't have that history and they don't have that passion to continue to grow, you know, they're, they're not going to be around to support you in the long run. Yeah, and building upon that, I want to congratulate you guys are on your second location now outside of Rochester going into the Buffalo area. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to uh, having the ability and the, the bandwidth to, to, to service commercial clients. So I know one of the things that if I was going to go out and redo it is do they have a particular um, expertise just for commercial people or is it like a Home Depot or Lowe's where, yeah, maybe you can get a lower grade commercial still or echo or whatever that is, uh, weed whacker, blower. Uh, but what does that look like far as does, do they have the knowledge and skill set to actually know how you would use that piece of equipment in your industry? And I know a lot of times I loved going in uh, to your place there and having conversations with you in the later years and, you know, Hey, should I get this Red Max 8001 monstrosity that like literally weighed 50 pounds on my back because it gave me some extra blowing capacity? Uh, but you know, you guys, you didn't push the sale. You said, "Hey, where do you need this? How are you going to use it on a daily basis? Is it mainly just for cleanups?" Like, yes, that may extra weight and the cost may be applicable, but a lot of times you guys would kind of steer me into the higher end, mid level, uh, some of the equipment because it was lighter weight and had better durability and things like that. So I, I think that that um, has been really instrumental, um, working with broader equipment. Um, so choosing a dealer, uh, you said, you, you mentioned that like it's starting to consolidate. So would you mind speaking that? I don't know, uh, Mike, you guys have been to GIE, you've, you've been around, it's not just a local upstate New York thing. Um, you guys are, are hitting the national level, uh, even with like state bids and things like that with different products you carry. So, um, is there certain differences between a place that is just um, residential and a little commercial or a certain setup that you should look for? Yeah. I mean, the just residential guy at this point is, is really struggling, um, mainly for the fact of the Home Depots and, you know, the Amazons and, and what have you, where years ago, if you spent $4.99 on a mower, well, you expected that mower to last you 20 years. Well, now people are spending 200 and hey, if it's not running in two years, I'll just go spend another 200. So those mom and pop shops that you know, would do a million dollars in business a year to support the family and, and, and could provide, you know, that's kind of going by the wayside because they're not getting that same service work. And in the commercial industry, you guys need the service work. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have your own mechanics. It doesn't mean that you can't figure out the small preventative maintenance and stuff that should be done. But when you do have a big engine job or something like that, that has to be taken care of and addressed. Well, the mom and pop shop, they're not looking to plug every, you know, engine into a computer right now. That's where the industry's moved. Anytime we're doing diagnostics, there's a lot of software and there's a lot of stuff that goes into breaking down an engine now. 20 years ago, it didn't matter. You'd rip the thing apart, throw it together and, and have at it. Well, now, I mean, I've got guys going 
they spend probably two weeks a year just on training on breaking down these engines and reading the software and reading the codes and and the the places that never wanted to move with that technology they're kind of falling behind and they're falling by the wayside um and, and that's kind of where i'm saying that it's it's going towards the bigger guy that wants to help everybody but also wants to be ahead of the curve you know we've got to know what's coming next because if you don't you're going to be the guy that's just falling behind and speaking of kind of knowing what's coming next i know a lot of times especially in the spring season in upstate new york or even down south that grass is thick and heavy and really nasty things are breaking um is there certain thresholds when you're going out to vet a new uh, vendor or dealer as uh, far as like parts and stock, certain things? Uh, I know that was one thing that I always found very beneficial is that the, the working with you guys as a vendor is there were certain things I really never had the problem of like, oh my gosh, I've got to wait two weeks or have something like FedExed out. Uh, is there certain thresholds or certain things you should be kind of vetting a dealer with to make sure they have in stock to protect you as a commercial um, company? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that built our commercial business and the reason we've had people like you and, and the trim lines of the world and the customers that come in and, and they've been here for 20, 30, and there's even guys that we've had for 40 years is they're not waiting for a pulley. They're not waiting for a belt. They're not waiting for, you know, blades. I mean, how could a, a dealer not have blades in stock? Um, and that's what has grown our company to this day. But there's guys that come in with, hey, I got a Toro through our 60 inch belt. I know the X Mark one's the same. It's not the same, but there's no reason that your Toro dealer should not have that belt in stock. So if you're buying a machine, your common parts, your you know scalp wheels, your front casters, um, all your idler pulleys, um, if they don't, if they can tell you, oh yeah, I might have one in stock, you need to find somebody that says, oh yeah, we got a dozen back there. You know, we sell a hundred plus a year just because of the volume we do. Guys, we have to stock these. Um, long ago, we've gone to the system. If we sell two parts in one season. That is a stocking part. We will keep that part in stock for the year because we know that somebody needs it. Um, and, and it is, it's common wear items. It doesn't necessarily mean that we've got, you know, every gasket, you know, made. But the big thing with us and with, say, Xmark, for example, is they've limited the amount of parts on their machines to where there's certain machines that use 330 parts. And that's common among 20 to 30 different models. Well, that helps us as a dealer to know that that's a company we want to work with that every mower that comes out doesn't have a different blade, different blade holder, different spindle. If you do that as a dealer, you're not gonna be successful. You're gonna thin yourself out and you're not gonna be able to provide for the commercial cutters. Yeah. Hey Mike, uh, jumping back to what you were talking about at the top of this, about finding a dealer who has knowledge that like actually knows this equipment, lives and breathes it. If I'm walking into a dealership as a non-equipment guy, how do I find out that this person actually has knowledge and is not just, you know, a gifted salesman? Well, the main thing they're going to be, should be asking you is what are you looking to do with your business? Are you looking to do 50 homeowner lawns in two neighborhoods and you're not even going to trailer? And this is what I'm going to do. They should, they should ask you the right qualifying questions, not mm -hmm. how much are you looking to spend? That it should never be the first thing they ask you because, oh, I want to spend five grand. Well, this is what I have for five grand. No, they should ask, what are you looking to do? Do you want it to be a side business? Are you a fireman and you have two days off a week? Are you looking to do this as, hey, the park just came to me and said, I can cut their whole park for the year and they're going to pay me this to do it. You know, you got to find the, the dealer should be asking you the right questions. He shouldn't be telling you what you need to buy. He needs to know what you're going to do with the equipment first. And like Mike said, that's always been our approach. You know, 
um, we're not going to sit here and sell you this machine because we're going to make the most on it because we need you to come back and buy the Red Max blowers and the Husqvarna trimmers and the, you know, it's, we're not looking for a one-time sale. If they look to be looking for a one-time sale, they're probably not going to be around in a couple of years to help you out. Yeah. Interesting. And, and as we're going into buying new equipment, like, is there certain things, um, different financing things that we should be looking at? So if it's a, a, a vetted uh, dealership, uh, I'm assuming there should be certain types of financing based on the specific equipment they're selling, whether it's zero finance or different plans. Um, would you mind kind of hitting on that as far as like what your thought is of qualifying your deal? Does them offering certain financing through like shuffle and things like that come into play? Uh, always. I mean, there's always going to be a financial assistance option through financing, whether it's a 0% offer. Those have kind of gone away over the last couple of years, but depending on the size of the dealer and what they can offer, you know, the dealers that do more work with Sheffield can offer the better deals. Same with their brands. Um, but yes, they should, any, any dealership should be able to offer some type of financing for your equipment. A lot of guys are looking to lease now. We do a lot of leasing as well. Um, but yes, we use Sheffield, we use Western Finance. Um, but yes, and, and City's actually really gotten into the game as well through Xmark and through Honda. Um, Citibank has really become one of our bigger financiers as well. But yes, any any commercial dealership should have financing. It should know the days of a cash dealership and, and this is the only way we operate, th those are gone. Um, it, you have to be. And one thing you brought up, which is interesting, and it's something we were looking at Callahan's, we never pulled the trigger on, um, but you mentioned the big shift right now is going into leasing versus buying. Um, real quickly, would you mind kind of expressing maybe some of the pros and cons of what things you should look at if leasing or buying is appropriate for your business? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> really, you got to figure out the hours that you put on your machines. You or your company continuously put five to 700 hours on a machine in upstate New York. This isn't, we're not out you know, in the South where you can run 1500 hours a year on a machine. We have such a limited time window that you are putting five to 700 hours on a machine. Well, the, the more you're putting per season on it, a lease may not be benefit to you. If that machine's going to be shot in two years. There's probably not much of a recourse in it. Um, however, a lot of the things that have changed even with the leasing now and the way that people would buy in the past is the warranties now have gotten so much longer. I mean, an Xmark machine right now comes with a five-year warranty on an X-Series machine. You know, it used to be there were two-year warranties. In two years, you wanted to get rid of that machine because as soon as the warranty's up, anything's on you. Well, now you can, you know, push those machines out to five years and you're getting all your idlers covered. You're getting anything, you know, with your pumps and stuff. So um, the big thing that I've actually noticed with my leasing is really in my robotics and my Husqvarna stuff is I've got a couple landscapers that are, are leasing their robotic mowers for the fact that it's a dollar buyout at the end and they can leave them right on these people's properties. Um, so it's, it's a little different than some of the bigger equipment. So I, I'm glad you mentioned the robotics. So just if anybody's watching that's unaware of a robotic mower is you want to kind of break that down. I know Dylan uh, on the simple grow team uh, was located up in Sudbury, Ontario with his Maxim lawn care. And Dylan was one of the, uh, I would say the frontiermen of, of automated robotic lawnmowers. I think he had 30 or 40 of them all amongst Sudbury, Ontario, which if you've ever been yep. to Sudbury, it's not a big town. Um, so would you mind kind of just, I guess we, that really wasn't on the, on the conversation mm -hmm. docket, but I think that that's an interesting play because Jonathan Potoshnik of the Lawn Care Millionaire co-founder service autopilot um, is always looking at the next shift in technology. And I feel like that seems to be the next shift. They've been around for 20, 30 years in Europe, but yeah. what are you seeing in the marketplace? Are is it more of a residential play? Is it a commercial play? Um, and I know they had uh, some all the way up to 60 inches at GIE. So it wasn't like just little homeowner yeah. units. 
Yeah, no, we're uh, we're actually a mean green dealer as well, who's working on some of the 60 inch and 72, actually a 74 inch um, autonomous mower. Um, but we got hooked up. We've been a Husqvarna dealer since the early 90s, um, right after we had a big ice storm here and we needed a chainsaw. So we got hooked up with Husqvarna. And uh, five years ago, they started bringing over the robotic mowers from Europe. Um, and it was a tough sell in the States. You know, they, they brought them in. They were expecting it just to take off. And um, it, it's been a lot of work. Um, in 2016, I took it on and, and I went full force with it. Uh, I've done over 150 installs of uh, Husqvarna Automowers is the brand that I'm doing. Um, this year alone, I've done 90. And the shift has changed over a little bit to that commercial area. Uh, I've set up um, JNR Landscape down in Syracuse. Um, he's come all the way up to Rochester to see me, pick my brain, and he did a lease of 25 units right now. He's looking at another 25 for next season. Uh, the RIT, I've put five units on their uh, campus this year. We've got six different high schools now that are using Husqvarna automowers. I've got uh, Churchill Trilai, Leroy Schools, uh, Honeyoy Falls. I know I'm going to miss a couple. But they're using them in their courtyards instead of putting a gas machine bringing it through the school they've all got little courtyards there um we're able to set this mower up it can cut at night there's no noise the kids don't even know it's there and that courtyard is always maintained um penfield schools they've got four of them now uh churchville just went for two more rit we're cutting the big hill i don't know if i know mike spent the rit campus but They've got a they've got a large hill that the students at the end of the year they slide down the hill. It's a graduation hill. Well, they were trying to use a stand on mower. You know, they had a um, stand on that they were cutting the property with, and it got dicey. It was a pretty slow hill, big, pretty steep hill, and we brought the all wheel drive auto mower out there, and it's been cutting there all season. They've had no issues with it. They haven't had to do anything with it, and and it's really just the way that that it's moving. So, uh, autonomous mowing, robotic mowers. It's not the future anymore. It is It is here now, at least in our area where I've been successful with it. And we've been able to, to, you know, show people the advantage of it. There is no gas. There is no oil. There is no noise. Your lawn is always maintained. It doesn't look like Yankee Stadium where you're striping the field, but it looks like a turf field. Um, and, you know, I've, I've let the homeowners know if you do have an issue with it, it's a lot easier to pick that thing up and put it in the front seat of your car. Whether <laughs> then you got to get a trailer, a truck or a buddy to come drop off the mower, bring it in, you know, sit there for a couple of weeks. I mean, this we can plug right in and figure out what's going on. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's something I've gravitated towards these last couple of years and I've really, I've been excited to share it with everybody. I haven't cut my grass in four years. I mean, this thing is, I know we're talking to some landscapers here that don't want to hear it, but for the last four years, I've done nothing but string trim my yard and, and it's been great. Huh. That's awesome. Um, Cody, any thoughts up to this point here before we dive into uh, one of my favorite topics, preventative maintenance and repairs? <laughs> well, so Mike, you mentioned Mean Green, and I wanted yep. to talk about them for just a second. Where do you do you see the same like the future is here now with like commercial electric equipment that you're seeing with autonomous equipment? I do. It's still more of a niche right now because it is such a bigger investment for people to get into. Um, you know, the Jeff, when he bought his automotors from, me, he bought 25 machines and that worked out to be about a $60,000 buy. Well, if we're going to do that with a mean green, you're getting a one zero turn in a stand on. So where he's, you know, it's, it's the prices is still an, an issue, but you're also, you have to target your business 
you know, differently. You can't be, I'm going to go cut, you know, commercial properties with Mean Green and say that I'm going to handle all this at the same price I was doing it before. You know, you have to sell that as an upgraded company of, you know, we're bringing a, a propane truck out there or whatever it may be, or, you know, and, and sell your business that way. It's a, it's a harder integrate to integrate that into a, you know, 16 trucks and trailers running and we're gonna have one that's just mean green. They're great machines. We went down there um, three years ago, visited the factory in Ross, Ohio, and we were amazed. You know, I got back and went with my father, Tim, and like, you know, nobody in New York's doing it. You know, we can handle Syracuse, Buffalo, and Rochester. We can be the mean green distributor or dealer in the area. And, and I think we should jump on it now. And we did. I mean, they're aluminum frames. So with the weight of those batteries and stuff, you're still the same weight as a, is an X mark 60 and zero turn. So there's not the big weight difference that you would, you would expect. Um, and they've held up well and, and we've done well with them. You know, we do have a lot of towns, municipalities, schools, RIT, again, they've got some, um, you know, Fairport electric, all these companies, you know, you know, we're moving them to places that really want to get into that green, no emissions area. Um, but yes, it is, it is the future, but they, they're here. I mean, they're, they're constantly upgrading different types of lithium batteries and, and um and it, it, there's no noise which is really nice <laughs> and that's interesting because a lot of the noise especially out west right now is being regulated so we're seeing a big shift to that electric um and kind of clean green air uh movement uh hobie barrett want to say what's up to hobie wants to uh, sell and set up auto mowers down in uh his area of savannah georgia uh yeah. great trip last time we were down there for qds this year for sure um, but I guess as we're kind of wrapping it up, like your far as preventative maintenance and things like that, no matter, no matter the equipment you're running, um, whether you're out in Texas running year round or you're in upstate New York, uh, up in Canada, limited season, uh, what, what are you looking at far as preventative maintenance, best practices, um, that maybe what should you be doing in house far as if you don't have a full-time mechanic and then what should you be handing off to a dealership, uh, such as you guys for professional preventative maintenance to make sure that you're, you're kind of checking all those check boxes and stay within that five-year warranty. Cause I got to imagine if you don't do certain things in that warranty, they're not going to cover you for everything. Right. You know, that's, it's knowing what you're good at and knowing what you can do. Um, you know, there's certain guys that don't have any techs or, you know, two, three man operations and, and changing the oil is about the only thing they can do and sharpening their blades. Well, those are two major things. As long as you can get under, keep your deck cleaned out underneath, um, especially in heavy season when there's a lot of moisture in the ground and stuff like that. Um, you know, changing your oil is obviously a huge thing. If you know how to change your hydros, that's great. But all these machines now have replaceable filters they are easier to get to. Um, you got to make sure you take care of your drive system. Um, other than your engine, that drive system is probably one of the most expensive things to replace. And if you're not treating that right and taking care of it, that can get costly for you. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's keeping your air filter clean. You know, that's common stuff that anybody can do if you don't have a tech, you know, check your air filter, uh, especially when you get into the season with the cotton and everything, you know, pulling down to the top of the engine, making sure you're keeping that clean. Um, you know, when you get into stuff where you're getting oil leaks and stuff like that, yeah, that's not preventative. You need to bring that to a dealer, um, especially if you're under warranty. Don't be like, oh, we'll just add a quart every day before we go out and it'll be fine. No, it doesn't work that way. You're gonna do more damage than good. You know, and if there's no oil in there, it's even worse because there's not going to be a manufacturer, whether it's Kawasaki, Kohler, Briggs, that's going to say, yeah, we'll give them a new engine because they ran out of oil. Um, so common stuff like that, um, you know, when you're, you're using your machine and you got, you know, three, four hundred hours and your handles feel a little loose on it, 
doesn't mean, oh, it's, it's fine. I just, you know, adjust to it. No, you can replace your dampers, you know, and, and a good dealer will, will let you know how to do some of the simple stuff. If it's something that we have to explain that's going to take you 30 hours, or sorry, it's going to take us 30 minutes to explain the process, well, that needs to be brought to the dealer. Um, our, our time is money. Your time is money. We can't sit there and hope that we explained it right and you figure it out and, and we're good to go. You know, it's a lot easier just to drop it off and, and let the, you know, let them do what they do. So, but yes, you know, your common stuff, keep your blade sharp, change your oil, check your oil, air filter. Um, those are the main things. And, and you want to take care of your drive system. If you don't know how to do it, you should have your dealer take care of it for you. And one thing you, you just brought up, Mike, that, that triggered uh, some some memorable flashbacks for the last 20 something years is for sure is it's not it, but when you're going to drop off that piece of equipment, I don't care how good it is. Uh, if things are going to break and things are going to go down. Um, so let's just say if I'm vetting a dealer, is there certain questions I should be asking about if I have a major breakdown, like I've got to replace an engine or a whole hydro system to be replaced. Is there certain policies or procedures in place that um, I can get basically a, a, a demo or a loaner for a certain amount of time, whether I'm paying for it or not paying for it, uh, you know, time is money. And I know you guys have been more than generous to us. And I got to thank you because you've kept us in business several weeks of, uh, you know, when, when engines blow and things happen. Um, but I know one of the things that we really trusted that relationship, even if, you know, it wasn't the cheapest price to tell and the service and the backing up was, was, was instrumental for success. But if we blew an engine or something happened, uh, nine times out of 10, if there was a piece of equipment available, we were able to use that, uh, whether it was free or at a cost, but it, it allowed us to continue to operate. So I guess proactively, if you're going out to vet a dealer, if you're working with a dealer right now, is there certain things I should be asking as a business owner around what if I have a catastrophic breakdown and my mower's down for the next three to five days? Yeah, you definitely want to know that. You want to know their policies and their procedures. Um, you know, everybody's got a demo program or a loaner program. Um, ours has been give us 24 hours. If you drop it off on Monday, first thing in the morning, if we can't have it back to you Tuesday morning, you're taking a demo. You know, we that's our policy. That's how we've been. Because we stock so many parts and, and we've seen pretty much everything you can see, um, thanks to Mike. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we, we know that we can get that machine back to you. If we can, if you do need an engine, if you're purchasing an engine from us, yes, we will find a machine for you to get by until that engine is, you know, replaced and put on. Um, you know, our commercial service department is completely separate from our residential service department. I have three full-time techs that are strictly working on commercial equipment. Um, so we're not going to have that backlog that we can get with our three residential techs that are sitting there and we're taking in 25 residential machines a day. You know, there's there's an area that you need to know, hey, do you have service techs that are just strictly for your commercial customers? Uh, if they say, no, we got two guys back there and they're, they're pretty good, you know, well, how good are they? Can they diagnose everything that they need? Have they seen most of the stuff? Um, you know, we're lucky enough to have two techs, you know, Dave and Paul, they've been with us for over 30 years and they're going strong today. And they've passed that knowledge on to my younger techs that are, you know, my age in our mid thirties, early forties that are moving forward with the company. So you want to know the secession plan that they have as well. If, you know, they got two guys that, yeah, they've been here for 40 years. They're great. Well, how many more years are they going to be around and what do they have in place to come behind them? So, um, but yeah, that's, everybody should have some type of a demo program, especially when you're moving 200 plus commercial machines a year you know, I, I don't care what you're selling. There's going to be some issues that arise and they're going to be warranty issues. And, and you just got to be able to, you know, help the guys out. Cause like I said, time is money on both ends, your end and ours.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know we d- we've definitely uh, helped your your tech see just about everything that could possibly be broke. So I, I may be heavy in the Excel sheets and the uh, overhead recovery and the budgeting and the software, but uh, throughout the years until we actually had some full-time mechanics, uh, we, we definitely uh, learned what to do and definitely what not to do. And it, speaking of slopes, I think we've tumbled a few mowers, uh, at least walked behind down some hills. So uh, you guys have bent them back into shape, made sure some decks kind of got pulled back and uh, amongst some other things. I'm sure we've got a pretty good record of motor replacement over there as well oh, yeah. I, I may own that ba- part of that back building i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah there's some Kawasaki so. uh graveyard back there for you mike <laughs> so the wall of shame i'm sure but mike i can't appreciate you enough coming on um oh, thank you you know really a pleasure and i know a lot of times as business owners um either we come in really strong savvy business wise or equipment wise or we're somewhere stuck in the middle um but that's always been one of the things that we see on a lot of the facebook groups is you know now that i've actually made the full-time jump where do i go get this equipment and and enough no knock on the big box stores but uh at least in my opinion that's not the direction you want to go and we see that a lot of times in these facebook groups so um i think kind of bringing an expert like yourself on here with 60 plus years in the industry with the family business is helpful to the general public because now at least we've kind of vetted some questions in a benchmark of what they should be looking at. Um, and Mike, if, if people are in the upstate New York area, obviously you got a brand new location uh, opening up in Buffalo commercial only. And uh, obviously the Rochester location over 60 years here, uh, people are in the upstate New York area and interested in reaching out to you. Is there some way they can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brodner.com. So B-R-O-D-N-E-R.com. That's our website. Uh, you can access us there 24 um, seven. We are, we're located in Rochester right in uh right in the town of Gates and then our new location in Buffalo, which will be commercial only. Um, you know, we're bringing our mean green, our X mark, our Steiner, and our Billy goat truck loaders up to the area. Uh, we're going to be on transit road into Pew. So uh, look out for that. We'll have that up on the website. Um, you know, and anybody with the automowers, it's automower USA. I got my own website.com and uh, automower USA on Instagram. So, we appreciate you guys. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Mike, for having me on. And uh, anytime you need anything, let me know. Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll tell Rick and Tim I said hello, and Paul yeah. and Dave and the whole crew over there. It's yeah. been a while, but uh, definitely thank you for the success we've had over the years. Um, so any comments or questions, feel drop them to below in the uh, comments here. We'll keep an eye on it for the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, SA Weekly Talk Show coming to you live every, one, every Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. Mike Callahan, Cody Owen, and special guest Mike Baum. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys. See you guys. Thank you. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.